You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is good? It's your boy Sosa Kremenges, fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Welcome to another and the second straight victory Monday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. The Los Angeles Rams knocked off the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 37-19 to in Week 2 on Sunday afternoon. And you know what that means. Our episode today is going to be a game recap of the dominant performance from the Rams in Week 2. So we're not going to waste any time. We're just going to hop right into it. Basically, to start up the episode, we're going to do it like last week. We're going to highlight the offensive performance uh, and some of the players that stood out on that side of the ball. And so to begin, you know, we have to begin with number 16, quarterback Jared Goff, who actually set a record this season uh, for the most consecutive completions to start a game with 13 straight completions. So Goff ended the game going 20 of 27 on his passes for 267 passing yards with three touchdowns and zero turnovers. Goff pretty much played a perfect game. I think outside of one um, overthrow, which was very slight in the end zone to running back Daryl Henderson, it was on an, on a Texas route that would have went for a touchdown. Ultimately, the Rams had to settle for three because it was just slightly overthrown. But, you know, outside of that, Goff really had a fantastic day. I mean, he was making great decision one after the next. He was rolling out of the pocket. He was buying himself time. Uh, He was ripping passes accurately. He just played a great game. You really can't ask for much more from the quarterback spot. Um, And ultimately, he had a fantastic contest. The next position to highlight is the running back position. So rookie Cam Akers got to start again. And he looked like he was going to be in line for quite a big workload today. He actually had three carries for 13 yards. uh, And he was closing in on a goal line uh, attempt and, and potentially his first NFL touchdown on that first drive though he got tackled and it, it was an awkward tackle he kind of fell on the top of his head and kind of injured his neck slash shoulder slash rib area and he came out of the contest and ultimately missed the remainder of the game and it appears that he did hurt his rib we don't know the severity just yet but it didn't look good in his place veteran Malcolm Brown got 11 rushing attempts for 47 rushing yards and second year runner Daryl Henderson absolutely erupted in a coming out party. He had 12 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, nearly had another go for a very long 70 or 80 yard rushing touchdown and probably would have if, if he didn't have a gimpy uh, hamstring. But um, he also chipped in with two receptions for 40 yards. And, you know, there was that missing touchdown that I highlighted earlier where, you know, had Jared Goff thrown a better pass. Henderson scores two touchdowns on Sunday, and one of them as a receiver, one of them is as a rusher, and I think he really showed his diverse and complete skill set on Sunday as a receiver and as a runner, and he looked very explosive and decisive with the ball in his hands. He just had a fantastic performance, and I think this looks like a running back by committee approach uh, that's working, and not only that, but one that's going to probably stick around with how good guys like Malcolm Brown played in week one, how good Daryl Henderson played in week two, and you know, how good Cam Akers might play the next time he actually gets a full workload. So uh, the running back position was just outstanding for the Rams. And in terms of running, you know, they had another five jet sweeps on the day for a total of 38 rushing yards, one touchdown from Robert Woods. Um, And then we go to the receiver position. Cooper Cup led that group with his five receptions for 81 receiving yards. 
He looked fantastic uh, as a receiver on Sunday. Tight end Tyler Higby was absolutely phenomenal. He uh, he had a he was targeted five times, pulled them all in for five receptions. He had 54 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns. One of which was a long throw on a uh, tight end throwback, which was really impressive. Um, but Higby was absolutely unguardable on Sunday. He looked just outstanding as a tight end uh, receiving option for Jared Goff and. Ironically enough, they hooked up for three touchdowns on the day. Moving along, there was rookie Van Jefferson, who was the next most impressive receiver, in my opinion. He had five targets. He reeled in four of those for receptions and for 45 yards receiving. Uh, Not only that, but there were at least two or three catches there where he converted receptions into first down. So and they were very crucial. So Van Jefferson continues to impress. He continues to get time as a receiver. And, you know, the more he impresses, the more time and more playing time he's going to get. And the more he continues to impress. So it's kind of like a weird cycle that's working out very well for the Rams right now. Um, And then obviously outside of them, you had Robert Woods who chipped in with only two receptions for 14 receiving yards. And Josh Reynolds who chipped in his two receptions for 33 receiving yards. So the receiving game didn't get involved a ton uh, in terms of the wide receiver position. But the receivers as a whole in terms of the tight ends and the running backs chipping in and the receivers... I mean, they were just fantastic. Uh, Jared Goff had a great game. He was finding guys open everywhere. There wasn't really any contested throws or contested catches. Everything was very clean. Guys were running wide open, left, right, and center, in the middle of the field, deep, everywhere. So it was really a great performance by the Rams. You couldn't really ask for much more. They put up 37 points. They probably could have put up more, you know, had they been pressed to. And so uh, it was really just a masterclass performance by the Rams on offense. And you really can't ask for much more in a week two game on the road for the Rams. And for an offense, you know, that just didn't get much time in the training camp and off season to work together. And that's one of the positives of this offense is that a lot of the guys are returning. A lot of these guys are the same players that were there last year. And you can feel and you can see that chemistry really carry over from 2017 and 2018 and 2019 into this year. And that's a very big positive for the Rams' offense is that they didn't need really any time to get going. We've seen it in week one, and now we've seen it again in week two. And this is clearly an offense that is playing well. They're playing together. They're making all their plays mesh together and work very well together. And clearly head coach Sean McVay and offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell have just done an outstanding job throughout the first two weeks as an offensive unit. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to have to go transition to the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to highlight some of the performances on that side of the ball that stood out. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they are our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, always making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. In the last segment, I teased the downright tremendous performance of the defense. And we're now going to highlight some of the best performers on that side of the ball. So hopping right into it, inside linebacker Micah Kaiser, who struggled in week one with a lot of missed tackles, rebounded just tremendously. He had a total of 16 tackles. That obviously led the defense and led the team in tackles. He was incredibly active. You could see him uh, chipping in in the running department. 
he looked pretty solid actually as a coverage defender he was making tackles in the flats against guys who were just far more athletic than he is and he had a fantastic second start in his NFL career you really couldn't ask for much more from the guy in the middle of the defense transitioning from him the secondary really played a great game you had Troy Hill who chipped in with eight tackles and an interception at the end of the game to seal the game uh safeties John Johnson and Jordan Fuller chipped in with eight and nine tackles apiece Fuller in particular looked very lively he was all over the field he was laying hits on guys and licking them these were some big hits he was not you know here to play on Sunday so Fuller just continues to impress he looked very very good as a defender he was flying to the ball uh, you've seen him in the back end of coverage. You've seen him stepping up in front um, and coming to make tackles in the box and everything. Uh, his range is f- impressive for a guy who's a day three pick as, and starting as a rookie right out of the gate. And going back to Johnson, you've seen even on a fourth down attempt, I believe it was, uh, a big pass deflection from John Johnson. And, you know, that was huge for the Rams, obviously, moving forward. Moving to the cornerback group, Darius Williams, who didn't really get a ton of action in the day. He probably had the biggest play of the day for the Rams, to be honest. The Eagles came out of the second half with a great offensive drive. Uh, They were driving down, you know, play by play, chunk by chunk. They got right into the red zone and Carson Wentz forced a silly pass to, or attempted to force a silly pass to wide receiver J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And Darius Williams just had a fantastic play where he stepped in front and picked the ball off in the end zone. And ultimately that went for a touchback, but... Not only that, it saved the Rams at least three points because the Eagles were in scoring position and it completely recaptured the momentum, which looked like it was completely swaying to the Eagles' side with all of the things that were happening at that point in the game. And obviously, you know, it turned out to be a huge play. You can't understate how big that was. But opposite of Williams was Jalen Ramsey, who was targeted almost not, not at all. He was targeted, I believe, once or twice. He, I don't believe he gave up a reception. And, you know, he was just absolutely incredible and sticky as hell in coverage. He he had a great pass deflection against Dallas Goddard on what looked to be sort of like a wheel route on the left side of the sidelines. Uh, and other than that, he wasn't really targeted and he didn't really, you know, do much. He was just sticking on his guys in coverage and doing a fantastic job in coverage and not allowing anyone to get behind him or just uncover even underneath. The last part of the defense and probably the only concerning part really to me was just the pass rush and like the defensive line in general. Uh, The Eagles had a lot of success rushing the ball. Miles Sanders was ripping off a lot of chunk gains, particularly in the second half. And the defense just didn't really get much pressure on Carson Wentz at all. And this is not an offensive line that, you know, we've all grown accustomed to in terms of the Eagles having a dominant offensive line year after year. This is a team that's starting two backups at guard. And they actually lost Isaac Seomalu in the game to injury. And I don't believe he returned to, you know, was their starting left guard. So, That was a little bit disappointing to see the defensive line and the linebackers just not able to create any pass rush whatsoever, no pressure whatsoever. Uh, And most of those guys were really invisible for majority of the game. The uh, one player that stood out was outside linebacker Leonard Floyd, who had just a fantastic rep on a two-point conversion, I believe it was, uh, where, you know, the running back of the Eagles, I believe it might have been Miles Sanders. He tried to bounce and run to the outside and Floyd just absolutely blew up the play. Um, and you know, obviously saved the Rams two points, but Floyd continues to look like an absolute monster in the running game. He's been so good at setting the edge. He's been so good at funneling runs back inside and you know, he's becoming very lively on that edge spot. Now you would love to see some more pass rushing chops, not from him uh, necessarily, but everyone across the board. And once again, like I mentioned on, on last week's episodes, the Eagles have historically been one of the teams that have done a great job at limiting Aaron Donald. 
And once again, they did the same thing. Aaron Donald had one single assisted tackle, and that was it. Nothing else. He actually had another tackle for loss, but that play was blown dead because of a false start that ultimately wasn't called on time. Uh, But other than that, Aaron Donald did not do much. I think he might have had two, maybe three pressures, and that was it. There was no sacks. There was no huge plays. There was no uh, tackles for loss. You know, the Eagles did a fantastic job once again against the league's best player, but ultimately the Rams' defense did a fantastic job just, you know, holding the Eagles to only 19 points. And it would have been far less had uh, Cooper Cup not fumbled a punt and basically, you know, given the Eagles a free seven points essentially with how short of a field it was uh, for their offense to work. But we're going to touch up on the last side of the ball in the last segment. Obviously, we're going to talk about the special teams unit, some of their blunders. And we're also going to talk about just how tremendous of a coaching job the Rams had on Sunday. Also, make sure to check back on Tuesday when I take an in-depth look into this contest by sharing all of the analytics and numbers from this game. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 150 pounds in the last 20 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and I finally stumbled upon one called the Built Bar. You need to check them out. They're absolutely delicious. They've got 18 different flavors so you can never really get bored. The bars are also healthy. They're low in calorie. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein. They're high in fiber and they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off all orders. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome to the final segment of our Victory Monday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. So in the last segment, I teased the performance of the special teams unit, which was a little bit up and down, um, as well as the coaching staff, which I think deserves so much praise for their performance really on Sunday and how they got the team to respond on Sunday. So I'll kind of delve deeper into that in a moment. But uh, to begin, we're going to start with kicker Samuel Sloman, who once again didn't really have much to do in the game. He went one of one on field goal attempts, and I believe he had an extra point that was blocked, which was interesting to note because in the week one contest, he was kicking uh, his kicks very low. And so the broadcast made a note of it at some point. They said, you know, these kicks are really low. Uh, some of these defenders could really get their hands up and potentially block these kicks. And so, you know, ultimately it did happen against the Eagles. And so that's something to notice and, and you know, keep your eye on moving forward. Hopefully Sloman can get a little bit more trajectory under those balls and just kind of kick it a little bit higher than he's, you know, been kicking it throughout the first two weeks of his rookie season. But uh, we're going to continue on with punter Johnny Hecker, who just continues to do well, regardless of any circumstances that surround him. He had only two punts on the day, which is always a good thing. Uh, One of those landed inside the 20. He had a long of 57, which is just an absolute nuke. And he averaged 48 yards per punt. So another great game from Hecker. And, you know, the more he's on the sidelines, the less work he gets, the better. So uh, that's the ideal scenario that, you know, you don't want him out there as much as some of the games that the Rams have had him out there over the last, you know, seven or eight, nine seasons. And so we go on to the kickoff return and punt return units. So Nassimba Webster had one kickoff return. It was only 19 yard return. Other than that, it was just a bunch of touchbacks. Uh, And then you look at the punt return units. And again, now we can question the decision to put wide receiver Cooper Cup back there because the Rams ultimately elected to put a starter in Cooper Cup as a punt returner and keep him back there. And Cup only had one return for eight yards and it was a fumbled return. It was a fumbled return. Uh, I can set the stage here now. There was about 45 seconds left in the first half. The Rams were... Uh, they were up 21 to 9, I believe, at that point in time. 
They looked absolutely dominant. The defense had just surrendered essentially a, a, a touchdown. And Cooper Cup returned a punt. He fielded the punt, started returning it. He looked okay. He made a guy or two miss. He started to gain a little bit of traction. And then the ball just got punched out and recovered by the Eagles. And you could feel the momentum completely shift at that point in the game. Basically, uh, the Eagles scored on you know a snap or two later, or three snaps later. And the game really just went from 21 to 3 in favor for the Rams to 21 to 9 in a split second. And then from 21 to 9, 21 to 16 in another split second. And so now a game that the Rams were just absolutely dominating from start to finish. They were going into half only up 21 to 16, which is very disheartening to see. But one very interesting thing, and this kind of ties into the coach's performance that I want to highlight, is that the sideline reporter, I can't recall who it was, she asked John McVay essentially about the fumbled punt return. And McVay said, you know, the fumbled punt return is only going to dictate the outcome of this game if we allow it to. And I thought that was a fantastic and interesting quote because, you know, we were all harping on the punt and how terrible it was essentially and what it could have costed the Rams and uh, just how big of a momentum shifter and swing it was. And But it didn't matter because the Rams knew that, you know, they still ultimately had the lead. They still had the every opportunity at their hands to come out in the second half and essentially just win the game. All they had to do was play good and continue to, you know, keep their foot on the pedal, not feel bad for themselves. And just keep applying pressure offensively and defensively and come out of Philadelphia with a win. And that's exactly what they did. They didn't use the fumbled punt as a crutch. They didn't feel bad for themselves. They didn't allow, you know, one simple little mistake to cost them the game. And not only that, but Cooper Cup actually bounced back and had a fantastic game as well. He had a few third down conversions in the second half. And he had a couple of interesting and important catches uh, that extended drives. And so, you know, that was very intriguing and important to see from the Rams. The ability to bounce back. And not only bounce back, but to just act like it never even happened, essentially, and go into half and come out of half thinking and, and sort of playing as if the game was 0-0 and just keeping your foot on the pedal and keeping the pressure going moving forward. And with that being said, I want to give a lot of love to the offensive and defensive coaches and even special teams coaches because this team just looks fantastic. They look like they didn't need any offseason. They don't look rusty whatsoever. The offense has come out back-to-back games absolutely on fire uh, you couldn't have drew up a better start really for the Rams at this point I mean the offense looks brilliant the defense yeah they're going to take a little bit more time to get together you know they got a lot of new starters on that side of the ball uh, they got a lot of rotating pieces they got a lot of guys that come on in certain specific situations passing downs this and that they have a new defensive coordinator and Brandon Staley of course a new scheme all of that same as the special teams unit but you know this team just looks fantastic and everybody counted them out Everybody counted them out essentially all off season. Everybody last season, Sean McVay was called a fraud. He was called, oh, is this guy just a one one game wonder, one year wonder type of thing, whatever. Jared Goff, he got paid. He's not he's not worthy of the money. He stinks, whatever. The Rams are in salary cap hell. They're not going to be able to overcome, you know, paying Todd Gurley and then having to get rid of him and paying Brandy Cooks and having to get rid of him and paying five or six guys in their roster such a large chunk of money and then being stuck with uh, a lot of lower end roster undrafted free agent type of guys. And the Rams have been consistently criticized over the last six to 12 months. You know, they went nine and seven last season in the toughest division in football and they were just completely eviscerated by anybody and everybody for missing the playoffs and all of that and here they come right back into the season 2-0 and they look as good as they ever have I mean 
Sean McVay has designed an offense with offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell that looks absolutely unstoppable through two games. And I was even someone who questioned the offensive line coming into the season. They look great. And so, you know, there's not that much to harp on in the, on this team as of right now. They fixed their red zone woes that we've seen in week one. And in week two, they look fantastic in the red zone. And so moving forward, the Rams are obviously going to, you know, travel once again to Buffalo for a week three showdown with the 2-0 Buffalo Bills, which is going to be a very tough game because the Bills have one of the best defenses in football. And then we're going to really see just what kind of team the Rams have here because they've played the Cowboys who have one of the best offenses in football. They played the Philadelphia Eagles who have one of the best defensive lines and one of the best offensive lines in football. And now they can travel to Buffalo and play a team that has one of the best defenses in football. And so, you know, if they're able to come out of that game with a 3-0 record, I mean, there's then there's nothing that they really haven't faced. And that would be incredibly impressive, but we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. We're basically, you know, we're going to enjoy this win because... This was one hell of a performance. The Rams absolutely dominated the Eagles from start to finish. The Eagles never looked like they were really in this contest. Uh, Other than, you know, right after that fumbled punt when they scored, you know, things started to kind of look like an oh-no situation. But the Rams got out ahead of themselves really quick. They, you know, they squashed that really quickly coming out in the second half. And ultimately, the team dominated from start to finish. The Eagles never really looked like a true threat in this game. And the Rams just, they started a season 2-0 when a lot of people thought they might start the season at 0-3 and with how tough their schedule was just to open up. And so you can't really say much more about this team. I'm so impressed by this team right now. You know, I expected them maybe to go 10-6 and this season, but I mean, I think the sky's the limit. As of right now, I'm so impressed. I'm very excited. I'm jacked up. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. Uh, and I'm just super excited to dive into the numbers, which is going to really tell the story of the game. And, and make sure to check back in with us on Tuesday to hear me dive into the numbers. We're going to have all the PFF numbers. We're going to have all the analytics, all the uh, personnel usage, and you know just everything behind the scenes that's going to really help us delve into this contest and how and just how dominant this team was. Thank you to Pepsi for sponsoring this episode as well. Pepsi, made for football watching. Just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QBsMVP, and you can find the page at LockdownRams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.